six episodes. One more than five. I didn't even think we were going to get to five, but here we are. Episode six. Welcome to Podzilla. Today, we're going to be going over the Guillermo del Toro movie, The Shape of Water. And while I, I don't necessarily think this is a hot take, but I think this is Guillermo del Toro's best work. And in our little uh, back and forth before this started, Ashley, you were mentioning you you liked it for sure, but it wasn't necessarily his best work, you don't think? Well, I don't know if it's his best work, but I think the movie was too long. I feel like this did not need to be a two-hour movie. There was times where I'm like, this is kind of dragging, and I feel like we could probably cut this to like an hour and 30 minutes. So, I mean, I, I, I do have my general opinion on, like, my favorite album, my favorite uh, movie, my favorite literally anything. Mm-hmm. You can cut, like, 10 to 15% off of it. Yeah. It's going to be significantly better. Um, I I can agree, like, in, in, like, little things here and there. Like, maybe, you know, five minutes. But I don't remember ever thinking that the movie drags. So do you have any examples or, or did anything stick out to you as far as when something was dragging? Yes. So um, funny enough, I went back at the beginning. I, as I was doing my notes and all that, I was looking and you and I have had conversations of, you should know exactly what you're getting into in the first 10 minutes. Isn't that what you normally say? 10 minutes? Uh, 20. Oh, Okay, then that's wrong on my part, because I was like, okay, 10 minutes, and I looked, and it takes you 11 minutes and 30 seconds in order to even see the monster, and so for me, I felt like a lot of the beginning was, I understand setting the scene, figuring out she's mute, all of that stuff, but I felt like there was just like the long of like, the bus ride was really long, all of the stuff that you saw, like, before seeing the monster I felt like was kind of long and then there was a lot of times leading up to before the escape of we saw the back and forth of them creating the connection all of that but I feel like there was just intermittent parts that was fluff and didn't really need to be there okay so I guess at the start of the movie um I was I was absolutely in love with and this is an example of fantastic CGI that people need to like realize because again, uh, as I've said multiple times on this podcast, we all love to dunk on shitty CGI, which God <laughs> fucking knows there's a lot of shitty CGI. But this is a very clear example, especially at the start of the movie. That was God tier CGI. Everybody's floating. It's like this water mm-hmm. scene. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, and then as well as like the the opening scene, if I'm not mistaken, um. The theater backdrop is 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 a is a physical building, but everything else was CGI'd in as well. Um, so people need to really put oh, some really? respect on. Yeah, yeah. At least from what I was reading very quickly, um, mm-hmm. people need to put some respect on that name. But as far as like taking time at the start, I, I felt like if we see the monster at ten thirty, that's that wasn't necessarily when when I quote unquote saw the monster. It was. When like, well, even then, you know, if we're if we're talking about ten minutes, eh? I mean, if we're talking like real movie time, then we're talking like eight minutes. So it's still it's still pretty quick. And I but, think that but, early start was really pivotal to get us to care about um, Eliza. Okay, what do you mean by like the real movie time of eight minutes? I I feel like it had like a fucking 
The title, I guess the title card was like fucking, it felt five minutes long. You know? That's true. That's true. Speaking of the CGI, I was looking back and I also really liked the entrance of the floating. Honestly, I feel like that was probably one of my more favorite scenes because it was just like so interesting. But I also had no idea going in this movie what it would be about. And I was looking and this was made in 2017. And I was like, oh, that's like really good for the cgi considering it was four years ago at this point like so much has changed but even the mo- like the monster didn't look super cgi at least to me the monster was practical effects okay because he didn't look too puppety and he didn't look too cgi i felt like he looked normal as much of a you can make a monster look normal sure but i didn't feel like he was like out of place so that's actually that's one of guillermo del toro's like signatures is that he has just god tier level of uh of puppets of monsters effects of because most everything he does is practical um like i know we watched the uh the the fucking uh, scary stories to tell in the dark mm-hmm. and uh obviously not all of them you know like there was fucking skeletons and shit but a vast <laughs> majority of that was practical effects um and i think some like robots too which are still practical so yeah uh, it, just absolutely adored the uh the 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 monster um and the and there's just how he looks mm-hmm. i think I, that oh go for it go for it the other thing about the monster that i really liked was the um anatomy and like how you learned about him and how you were like uh, when the um scientist i can't remember his name off the top of my head right now sure. the scientist went in and was like oh yeah he's got double lung structure this is why we can't see through an x-ray and learning about like oh he can breathe two different ways like you slowly learned like oh he's learning language he's really complex he can do like magic so to speak and then at the end it's like oh you really are god so like i thought that was like a slow progression that was neat to see throughout the movie of like it didn't give you everything about him all at once it was like a slow learning Mm -hmm. that was really nice because it was just that that trickle feed of Mm -hmm. this this creature like it it answered all the questions you had at the start so you know we saw it get the shit kicked out of it multiple times Mm -hmm. and it was bleeding and then you know a couple hours later maybe Uh, i guess that's the only critique i have the movie is that there wasn't a great sense of time yeah um but a couple hours maybe a couple days dude looks fine and uh, I know I've seen just uh, hell. I've fallen wrong and you know cut my fucking like lip open. That bitch is there for a fucking month, you know. So super cool how it we we it answered all the questions that it had us pose. It was like if somebody sat down and was like write down for the first half, first two acts actually is what I'd say. Write down every question you still have lingering, and we're gonna answer that in the third act. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess um, going going into more of like just praising this movie because uh, this is and I've been a big Guillermo del Toro fan for forever and a half. I even have the um, I even have the the tarot deck mm-hmm. just because I'm a, I'm a fucking fanboy. <laughs> um, I thought the thing that stood out to me for one, I felt like I was watching Bioshock, which was kind of cool. Um, and I don't know if you know what Bioshock is, but I know your dad plays a lot of video games so there's a possibility i i like feel like i remember i'm gonna look it up right now I feel it was like... a steampunk game um, okay from i think i was in high school when most of them came out um <laughs> so it was it was it was really cool because it kind of like threw some nostalgia in there 
That is cool. And from the camera work perspective, um, if you go back and watch at least till minute 25, uh, it's it, it, it the only time the camera moves is with motion. So, you know, if you have a character walking from right to left, the camera's following them right to left, and then it'll continue to show uh, and zoom out. Like when, when Eliza was walking down the steps, uh, she was walking left to right. Uh, and then it fo- the camera followed her from the front perspective and then went to like this bird's eye view um, kind of situation, you know, like this, like, you know, 45 degree in the air kind of thing. Yeah. And then it showed the entire street and showed, you know, the the theater. So that was just watching this masterful camera work. That's such simple shit that not a lot of movies can do consistently. And just watching this one do it was was so cool i i didn't even, i don't think i picked up on that i was like trying to look for camera work thing one of the cool camera work that i like that is more obvious was i looked it up at minute 34 the one cut where she was looking in the water and then i thought it was going to cut to his water in the tank she's like in the bathroom looking mm-hmm. at the water in the bathtub but i actually cut to her boiling eggs like the water changed to the boiling eggs water and then it changed to the eggs all lined up in front of his tank so i kind of liked that transition because you went down on the water and then it transitioned to the egg the boiling eggs but with me not being like as thinking of looking for cuts and paying attention to that as much as like I haven't trained my brain to do that so like I didn't even pick up on that until you said it and now looking back I'm like oh yeah but that was one where I was like that the eggs cut was one that I was like oh that's cool but I know that's more of like a typical you can see that in movies it's from what you've said it's one that is not as hard to do yeah i mean that was just uh not i don't want to say just like i'm not belittling it it's it, it came from you know the 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 time spent on the establishing shots of uh, of previously where she was boiling three uh what two eggs and now she's mm-hmm. boiling three and then it was the sa- using the same shots and the same style of shots over to represent the growth of the character fan freaking tastic you know just again yeah. just when when uh, when when the foundational things are taken care of to such a quality degree. The movie has just a, just a bottom line of just competence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, then talking about scenes, what was your favorite scene? I, so that's kind of the thing. Cause I, I don't ever really like saying that. I think the climax is my favorite scene. Just because <laughs> like no shit, you know, when your lizard brain is turned on, it's the best scene. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I liked a lot of aspects about it. Oh, I, I know what my least favorite scene is. Okay. What um, was your least favorite? So, so, and I guess this is probably what I'd cut from the movie. This is, this is where I'd get my five minutes back, my 10 minutes back. <laughs> so we saw, um, it was super simple, right? Who's the bad guy? The guy that walks in in all black. Yeah. Right? Super simple. Who is... Who, who continues to just do bad things and be evil and, you know, the whole movie. Um, and it was then, very uh, easy to hate. Exactly. So easy to hate. It was like, gosh, it's you again. Like, And you, you hate him yeah. from the very start, basically. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't hate him from the start, you're at least disgusted by him because he doesn't wash his hands after he pisses. I have I have something to say on that. Shoot. If, if I can jump in. Shoot. So when I was looking back through one – the boob scene, which is like the weird Hilarious. scene. So funny. But I was looking back 
at that scene and the wife, Elaine, smells his hands. And I was like, wait, why'd she do that? And then I'm like, wait a minute. She smells his hands because before the scene happened, she's like, wash your hands and come Mm -hmm. to the bedroom, blah, blah, blah. And then she actually smells his hands. I was like, she's probably checking because like, if you remember back to in the first like five minutes, you first see the bad guy and he talks about the fact that um, he says a man washes his hands before or after tenuous scenes. If he does both, if he does it both times, it points to weakness in, a, in his character. So even his wife is like, you don't wash your hands. Like, so that's, I, I just something small that I picked up on. Like, I don't know if it's purposeful or if I'm like just making shit up, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. So pointing on the fact that he's disgusting. And uh, there was just a loud uh, explosion. So, uh, listeners, I'm going to have my dog quivering underneath my uh, desk for the next oh. three to seven hours. Um, sounded like a firework, not a gunshot for once. So, um, that's solid. Excuse me if I'm if I'm not quite paying 100 percent attention. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I I was noticing that too. And just to really quickly go into the tit scene. So it was so <laughs> fucking like. This movie takes place in like what, like 1950s? Yeah, and 1960s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's functionally during the Cold War, yeah. and um, and it's just this 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 protagonist of, er, I'm sorry, this antagonist of he's just a dickweed, and he's obviously a dickweed, and then his wife is just kind of like enabling him to some small degree, but to 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 initiate sex, <laughs> she like. Doesn't really kiss him or anything. Doesn't like whisper in his ear. No, she just flops her tit out of her like 1950s housewife like get <laughs> up and just puts his hand on it. And he doesn't just even a like single tit, just qu- a single yeah. tit, yeah, not both tits, just a I'm single just, tit. You couldn't t- could have taken off the t- taken off the dress. Could have done a million different things. But no, no, you went with just taking out taking out flopping out a singular titty, and that was just. I, I was I was watching it with my roommate Will, and we both just kind of chuckled to ourselves, like, "What the fuck are we watching?" Um, and during that scene, and it's, and and it's and it's interesting you bring up that scene at the start there, um, because it ties into what I hated uh, about the movie, and the only aspect I changed about the movie. Hmm. So so during that scene, it's uh, the Chekhov gun is is put down um, that he you know, covers his wife's mouth and like wants silence. Yeah. And that was, again, just, this is super easy to hate this guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's established at multiple points within the movie that he doesn't like, he doesn't like people he views as beneath him to make sounds. Which brings us to our um, mute main character. And there's a, there's a, uh, scene where he attempts to sexually assault her and with the with the reason for his attraction um being that she's deaf or she's mute i'm sorry and i'm just like we we already hated him we had no reason to not hate him we, we we already liked our main character. We didn't need more reason to support her. Like it was it was the most unnecessary thing that didn't add anything to the movie. And I felt like it really only detracted, you know? Yeah, I felt like I was like, okay, that's something that like we didn't need. But I feel like movies right now always have to have some sort of 
weird sexual scene that makes people uncomfortable. I've no I've like started to pick up on it more and I'm like, I just I don't know why. I've just noticed it's happening a lot more in movies. But I just feel like it was just and then he goes into like, I wonder what you'd sound like of like and I'm like, what the we we don't need this right now. Like, okay. But the one thing that I did like about him being evil as I liked seeing his fingers rot. I'm like, you deserve this. And I don't know if you, this is, this is something that I noticed when I was just watching the intro. Cause I know uh, Guillermo del Toro puts a lot of like Easter eggs and shit in there. Oh. Um, when, uh, when Giles is reading off, you know, just the going off that, that monologue at the start, when he says uh, the love was torn apart by a monster, you know, we as the audience, we're, we know going in, this is a this is a love movie. This is a monster love movie, mm-hmm. um, and and that's meant to us. That's meant to think make us think that this is torn apart by something that the monster does. When um, when he says it's torn apart by a monster, it actually uh, it shows it shows Michael Shannon's name. Um, really? Yeah. Who was who was who was the dickweed? It shows his name right when that's going on. So oh, that's that kinda kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, I take that scene out. You know, that's my that's my five minute scene because mm-hmm. it was quick. Uh, I don't really think that that gun needed to go off. Um, because I just I just read it initially as oh, this guy's just a piece of shit and doesn't like don't talk unless spoken to kind of bullshit, kind of like you know this abusive just sack of shit. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um. So I guess I do have that as my least favorite scene, as a as a scene I actively dislike. <laughs> but as but to 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 go back to your question about favorite scene, I I I don't think I have one. That's fair. I feel like the movie overall was solid, but it wasn't memorable. Like I know you said that this is Guillermo del Toro's best film. Which, it is a good film, but I feel like it was, like I said, I feel like a lot could be cut off. So I feel like there's nothing, like, over the top, if that makes sense. There's nothing that's like, bam, this is it. For me, the only thing that I said was that um, I liked either the escape scene, which, like, you were like, okay, lizard brain, cool action, all that good stuff or the bathroom scene where they were underwater. Um, just because of the fact that it was kind of fun, kind of romantic. I thought it was kind of cute. Funny enough, when I went in, the only thing I knew about this is I was like, okay, there's a girl and a monster, but that's all I know. And actually it's not even listed as a romance on IMDb. It's it really listed. It's not. I looked this up. It's listed as an adventure drama fantasy because that was something too that I was like, there is a lot of romantic part of this film. It's like, which is the main story in it? Is it the action side, which maybe it is considering IMDb says it's an adventure film or is it the romance, which I feel like it more focuses on the romance. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. So uh, focusing I thought it was I thought it was a romantic movie because it if she didn't love him he, she wouldn't if she didn't love the amphibian man it, it, nothing none of that would have happened. Yeah, that's kind of where I was like I mean the story would have just stopped if it wasn't a romance movie. What drives the plot? Not you know action an action show, you know, like 
if her mission if, if it followed the doctor and the mission was to free him yeah no, no that's an action show yeah but like the re- free him so that he could not be an american american um, um hands sure but she wanted to free him so that she could be with him mm-hmm. which again like that's, I, that's that's strange i don't know how that's not a love story but um yeah i thought it was i thought it was very weird because like i said when i was looking it up i was like is this a romance i don't know like after i'd already watched the film mm-hmm. and it's not listed as one i was like this doesn't make any sense because like I mean, maybe that's why some oh, little baby Raiden. I feel like maybe that's why some stuff wasn't cut, but it doesn't make sense because I was like, oh, if you're not going to consider a romance and you can cut some of the beginning stuff out, you can do all that. But I don't know. I also feel like I get the aspect of the Cold War situation going on, but since I felt like that was maybe a side plot, I feel like maybe didn't need it as much i thought that b plot was necessary okay um just because without that then like as stupid as it is how does how do they break out without that you know like that's fair that's fair there was there was a lot of i i i thought it added it 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 shaped out the world more you know Mm -hmm. and it i feel like as far as like total amount of time spent on that was maybe like 15 minutes in this movie i will say though I think that's that was what they were trying to have carry the back half after the breakout because yeah. it having the breakout at the hour mark of a two hour movie was it really at the hour mark just about you know gives these takes these you know maybe like hour ten or something but uh, mm-hmm. functionally Raiden you gotta you gotta move you gotta move you gotta move buddy I know I love you I'm sorry um, having it at the at the hour mark uh, definitely made it so you know I was looking and I'm just like what's what's carrying the back half of this and it was like them falling in love which sure cool great yeah and then the uh then it was like a the 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 russians and then them trying to find it and i feel like russians were trying to carry a lot of the back half personally at least yeah i do i do feel like it was kind of odd pacing of the fact that like i felt like some parts dragged and then we had that like 20 30 minute of like super high action and then it was like okay he's freed like where are we going what's going on is he just gonna live in her bathroom where are we going with this i do feel like that part was kind of another part that was a little bit more slower mm-hmm. that i wasn't really sure what was going on with but like i said i thought the bathroom scene was kind of neat i do wish we maybe had more about more about that because at the beginning you see the underwater you see like different chairs and I think a bed underwater so I thought we would get more actual like the both of them underwater scenes especially considering on the cover is both of them underwater so with me not going in not really knowing that much I thought that we would get more of that so I was like oh that's really cool and so we really only get two scenes of both of them underwater one is the bathroom and one is at the very end so that was a little bit disappointing to me I guess I I don't know how that would be done much um for for me to expect that going in you know that's fair I I guess I'd ask way too many technical questions in order for it to like be conceivable that's fair question so at the end where do you think the water is that they got jump into because for me it looked like a river yeah I, I was reading it as like the the 
New York River or something like that. Like Okay. So like then that. I have a question of continuity then. Mm-hmm. Because in her bathroom, he was like not being able to breathe all this, that, and the other because he needed salt water and this algae stuff. But at the end, like he jumps into the river and I'm like, okay, where's the continuity though? Like if, if they're jumping into the New York River, that's not salt water. Like how is he going to be able to survive? I mean, well, I, I, mean I, I guess you're pretty freaking close to salt water there, though, you know, and I, okay. I, 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 I agree with what you're saying, but, you know, he was able to survive without water for a oh, couple that's hours true. last time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying. I guess I that's an answer to me, at least. That's an answer that mostly answers itself. That's uh, fair. Or doesn't necessarily change what I'm thinking about. Um, I also wonder, like. I thought it was really cool to see her scars turn into gills. I thought that was I thought that was neat, but then I'm like, oh, I was like, is she going to be like how he is, where he can breathe both water and air, or is she now just a water breather because of the fact the dialogue at the end is like, I don't know what happened with her, and I, I thought it was remember. fucking lame. Personally. Really? Yeah, because it's like, all right, all right, all okay. right. You have okay. the fucking, you have the, you have her, uh, for one, that's how she went mute. That, that's how she got stabbed in the neck as a child. That, that was a little weird to me because I was like, that looks weird. Also, it's just like, I, I feel like there should have been more backstory on that, but it is like, you saw a like smidgen of the bad guy showing some remorse of like, wow, the fact that that could be, someone could do that to a child. I'm like, you have like this little sliver of like, you're not that terrible. Well, I, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, it's just like, I, what did that add to the story? We all knew those were going to turn into gills. We all I mean, knew I didn't. I didn't. Oh, come on. The millisecond you saw that on her neck, you I didn't had no, think, oh, no, because me. I, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I knew, like, also going in, like, I did, well, for him, I was like, okay, he's like a magic man. He can create hair. Also, the fact that I, I was like, oh, he, they have sex. I was like, I don't, I just kept learning new things that I was like, huh, I guess I didn't, I, I was just trying to live with the movie and not try to, like, predict what was going to happen next so i was just vibing it's funny that you bring up sex because like that's 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 part of the two parts that really just threw me off of the movie and threw me out of the world the two most unrealistic things i will believe in a in a in in an amphibian man sooner than i will believe in these last two these these last two points i'm making for one Everybody was very open to her having sex with this monster. Yeah, that was a little weird to me. Like, nobody asked. Like, I, I guess uh, Octavia Spencer, um, Zelda in the movie. Zelda. Uh, uh, asked, you know, how's that work? And she just pantomimed it, which, and then she was completely okay with it. Five second conversation. Yeah. N- that's, that's not happening. If I have a friend who's like, who's extremely tall compared to compared to their significant other. And I remember when they first like had sex, we were all just like, damn, how's that? How's that work? Like, I feel like your dick is like 80% of their stomach. (laughs) And that wasn't part of the, that that was just, Oh yep. Good for you. You had sex with them. Yep. Good. Good job. Like what? And the other, which again, I will believe in the amphibian man. I'll believe that people <laughs> could 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 uh, be could just hand wash uh, the the sex away. I will never, ever, ever 
believe that everyone important to Eliza, everyone important to somebody that is mute, has learned sign language to help them out. I have seen, I've never heard of that. I've heard of significant others. I haven't heard of best friends. I haven't heard of coworkers. I haven't heard of like I have heard of best friends. Well, especially because Zelda, it seems like, has been her friend since she was a child. So, like, she's grown up learning sign language, Oh, I, I didn't like. get that vibe. I the, thought they were, like, work friends. No, they literally, there was a part where she was like, yeah, she was at the, the, she told her about the orphanage, and yeah. she had said, I believe, if I remember correctly, she had said that, like, she'd known her since, like, she was a child. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but also, I think Zelda... Octavia Spencer did a fantastic job as a supporting actress. Oh, yeah. Like she was funny. She, I feel like she did a fantastic job. I think that she and um, guy Gillis is a Gillis Giles Giles were really fun. But I, I liked Zelda more. I, I just liked Zelda more. But I, uh, Octavia Spencer, I feel like does wonderful in all the roles that she she's in. Uh, she she's a perfect example of somebody that knows knows the assignment uh, every time that she steps in front of the camera and she's she's uh, she needs I don't think that she has the the range uh, not not range I don't want to say range I don't think I don't think her skill set is best suited to a to a leading role but having her as a supporting role that gets you know 30 minutes of screen time a movie perfect fantastic she can knock it out of the park you know mm-hmm. um, she's also only won one oscar which i was shocked about well oscars aren't the easiest thing to come by i know but i'm like she just, she just like you said she knows her role she does it well i feel like as the talking person in a lot of the movie next to eliza she was able to like carry the conversation she mm-hmm. was kind of funny about like also during that time of the 50s housewife of like she's like oh he, my husband doesn't do this and i'm the one doing all this and i was like oh that's very like 50s esque mm-hmm. so that was kind of interesting and for what it's worth she did get a she did get a best performance uh by a supporting actress um oh, nominee for it at least which is fan freaking tastic like i said she, she deserved every second of it yeah. so um let's wrap this up what since this was a 2017 movie um <laughs> we can't really you know talk about oh what what did we what do we want to see in the future because it's, it's guillermo del toro he's already done more movies mm-hmm. um i guess what's something from the movie that you'll take away and try to keep in mind to future movies um what do you mean by that like like watching the well, maybe the camera work really stood out to you maybe the sound design oh, okay. really stood out to okay. you maybe the aspect of how they made a villain so clear stood out to you maybe you know little things like that that um you can look at and go like this movie is a gold standard and now i'm gonna this is the bar i'm gonna hold everything up to the bar uh, for me, I feel like it's the camera work because, like you said, I feel like it's something where I need to go back and and watch and be like, okay, you were talking about how great this film was and that it's something that Guillermo del Toro, Guillermo, 
I'm screwing that up. Yes, <laughs> screwing that up. Um, does so well at, and I was like, oh, I didn't even like pick up on it. I was just like watching the movie. So I feel like that's something that maybe I'll I'll take away. And the the other thing is I I do really like how well that they they did a villain as well. I think that that was that was really a gold standard for him because it was just it was so well done. Like you said, it you started off and right off the bat. You knew who the villain was, you knew how to hate him, and you just, like, continued to hate him. You never really questioned if he was the bad guy, which some films you're like, are you the bad guy? Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's great. That's that's great point. Um, definitely just what I, what I hope more movies will do um, moving forward is, like, that it's, it, it's very classical, you know? This is the baddie that they're irredeemably bad because they simply are irredeemably bad, but they also fit, they fit like a glove in this world because, okay, this is a government agent. This is, you know, um, the, the extreme version of the 1960s, um, husband, you know, little things like that. I, I, I big fan and I don't think we've seen it enough in movies since 2017, uh, I don't think we'll see it up in movies after 2017 and after 2021. Um, just going back to that simple, this is the baddie. I hate the baddie because they're a baddie. So I will uh, is that wrap. What you're, is that what you're going to? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, okay. The camera work, as always, you know, I it, it, camera work. I, 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 I'm, I'm looking for that every time. So yeah, that's um, true. I, I've had a great time recording. First time for Ashley on the podcast. Yes. Uh, go it's ahead fun. and follow us on our social medias. I'll link them in the description. And everybody have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys.